The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, a mixed picture for U.S. equities. The Dow and S&P lower, NASDAQ higher, trading at a record. And this update is brought to you by Marks Paneth LLP, ranked among the top three forensic accounting firms in New York by the New York Law Journal for the sixth year in a row. Visit MarksPaneth.com. Now, let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. Main U.S. averages are quiet today with the Dow currently down 15 points. S&Ps are down a point. NASDAQ is higher by three. The small cap 600 gains four points and the U.S. 10 yield at 1.53 percent. S&P sector leaders included real estate, energy and telecom, while consumer staples and health care led to the downside. Dow Transports outperform, rise 1.3% as airlines gain. NASA Botex climb 15, and the VIX is little changed. Dow leaders included IBM, American Express, and Nike. Retailers Home Depot and Walmart fell 1%. Western Digital surged as much as 14% after raising Q1 views. Nintendo surged as much as 30% on news the Super Mario mobile game is coming to the iPhone. Whole Foods fell as much as 7.2% after Sprouts Farmers Market cut its views, and HD Supply fell 12% after its results. After the bell tonight, look for earnings for Hewlett Packard Enterprise and Verant Systems. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S-U-S-Q-U-A-W-K, on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's the Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Cutthroat competition, falling food prices, all of these are hitting some of the biggest names in the grocery business, including today Whole Foods Markets. Questions about its expansion plan and also the share price down $1.69 a share to $29.01 after Sprouts Farmers Market, a competing specialty foods retailer, reduced its same-store sales guidance, making investors wondering about what's going on at Whole Foods. Joining us now to dive into this is our Bloomberg News reporter, Craig Jamona. Craig, welcome to the show. Excellent. Thanks for having me. So, uh, first of all, uh, put this in context. At a time when Whole Foods has announced expansion plans, you wrote a terrific story starting in Chicago. Just, just set the stage with that. What's happening there and why it just personifies, illustrates what's going on in the terms of the Whole Foods challenge. So there's been questions for a while about whether or not Whole Foods can ever get to 1,200 stores. That was the number that John Mackey, the founder, put out there a couple of years back. And 
there's just a lot of people that have thought for a while that that's an aggressive target because is there really room for that many high-end stores? So, you know, we used an analyst note talking about a store outside of Chicago that was next to a dress barn and a shoe carnival and just questioning whether this was sort of emblematic of is this the right place for a Whole Foods? You know, they do well in Brooklyn. The, the store here near our office in Midtown East in New York City is always packed. All the ones in New York City, from what I can tell, are packed. But as they expand into other parts of the country, they've sort of run into trouble. Now, they run into trouble because there are copycats or because their prices are demonstrably higher than the competition? Both. Both. You know, the copycats have, I think, put a spotlight on the fact that their prices are higher. So for years, Whole Foods created the organic food market in this country. They built it up, and for years, the margins were soaring. Obviously, Walmart and Kroger saw this and said, well, we can sell organic food, too, and we can do it cheaper. So now people are saying, you know what, I'm not going to pay 20% premium at Whole Foods. I'm going to go to Kroger, buy private label stuff. Maybe I'll go to the farmer's market a little bit. There's just other places to get organic food now, and it's really hurt Whole Foods. So what do you do if you're Whole Foods? Because I couldn't agree with you more. Everybody's follow the lead in, in uh, my neighborhood West Side Market. You know, you look at the last year, the number of stores like that all, of all kinds who carry grass-fed beef, who carry not just cage-free eggs, but, you know, free-roaming pasture-raised right. eggs, all kinds of product. It's a really upward-sloping line. Right. There were years where that Whole Foods was the only place to get that kind of thing. Now it's ubiquitous, and so people – and it's cheaper at other places. So – the thing that the big thing they're doing is this new chain called 365 by Whole Foods. It's kind of targeted at millennials. The stores are cheaper to build. They're smaller, cheaper to operate. They've been gushing about the economics of that store model. There's only two open so far, one in L.A., one in Oregon. Another one is coming, I believe, next week in Washington State and in Bellevue near Seattle. So that's the thing. They've hit on that. They think it's working so far. Haven't said much about the results. We're expecting that November when they report. But maybe they can get to 1,200 by doing 600, 365, and 600 flagships. But the question is, they've said to this point 1,200 stores plus 365. So a lot of questions about whether they can get to that total. I was also looking at the stock of United Natural Foods. That's right. Shares down about four and a quarter percent because they are the biggest supplier right. to Whole Foods, right? Uh, they are the large, the Whole Foods I, is their largest customer. I, beg I your think I could be, you know, wrong here on a little bit, but I believe 25% of the revenue for United Natural comes from Whole Foods. It's a gigantic customer. So any day that you see Whole Foods up or down, United Natural tends to move with them. Sprouts is the same way. You know, Sprouts is, 220 stores, so a little smaller than Whole Foods, but it's an organic, natural retailer. They cut their forecast this morning. That just leads people to, again, people are very sensitive about Whole Foods right now. So any any little blip, any negative news, I think, pushes the stock down. Can you talk to us a little bit about Starbucks? First of all, I was like, whoa, they're going to serve Stevia, you know, alongside the Splenda to their, you know, That's right. their, their coffee customers. And then uh, we've got uh, the CEO endorsing Ms. Hillary Clinton for president. That's right. There, He was at an event this morning, a breakfast in New York City, rolling out a series of videos that they're calling upstanders. You know, he hired a former editor from the Washington Post to create this sort of almost like a news operation for him and Starbucks. So they're saying, you know, he basically said it's been very divisive election season and we, we need change. We can't do this. He called Donald Trump a divisive candidate. So it's always a little surprising for the CEO of a big company like that to wade into politics. Really haven't seen that much of it. But, he, yeah, he did come out and said he supported Hillary Clinton. He also sort of hedged a bit on whether he would ever run. A lot of people think of him as a potential candidate. He's ruled that out prior. But today he said, never say never. Now is not the right time, but I'm a young man. So he's you know, 63 years old. But some people think that Schultz is uh, setting himself up for a run at some point. Any chance that we're going to see Starbucks move into other retail establishments? I mean, there are a lot of malls which are going through a big transition. 
he talked about that. He talked about the pressure. You know, there's just less people out brick and mortar retailing. You know, you don't go out on Saturday and shop the malls, pick up your Starbucks. They've invested heavily in e-commerce. You know, he likes to call it a tech company inside of a coffee company. So he was asked that question this morning and kind of said that the e-commerce is how they're going to pick up for that. So you're still, you know, you're out and about. Maybe you're not visiting traditional retailers. But I guess his hope is that people don't ultimately just sit on the couch and, you know, shop online all day, every day. That would, you know, sort of remove some of the coffee customers. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Craig Giamona, he is consumer reporter for Bloomberg News. You can follow him on Twitter at StickaWriter. That's S-T-I-K-A-W-R-I-T-E-R. This is Bloomberg. Apple, iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus. They want to reignite sales growth, but will the new iPhones have the sizzle they need to do so? That's coming up on Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.